This is Bustin' Loose Baseball with Grant and Danny. Interviews, analytics, and analysis on everything baseball in the nation's capital. I think the, the intrigue, if we're looking at the roster first, has to be in the rotation. That's where you've got Mackenzie Gore, who will make his national debut first trip to the rotation this year. Kate Cavalli, who pitched once and then had to be shut down, and it was kind of a tease of what could be with Cavalli, their best pitching prospect. And just ask Josiah Gray, who they're counting on to really make major strides and will likely you know, lead the team in innings and starts. Uh, if Patrick Corbin doesn't or, or is eventually moved to the bullpen, God willing, uh, this year at some point. But uh, it's, it's Corbin and Williams from a veteran standpoint. Trevor Williams, who we had on Bustin' Loose Baseball right after he was acquired this offseason. And then I think kind of the most fascinating element of this Nats season, the big three, if we're going to call it that, in the rotation of the future here with Gore and Cavalli and Gray. Yeah, 60% of the starts on paper injury notwithstanding, I'm intrigued. I'm fascinated. I'll be, you know, glued to the television. Those veterans, God bless them. You're here to eat some innings, mentor some of the youngsters um, as you go. Just hopefully be competitive every fifth day with Williams and and with Corbin. The recent track record, you know, would say otherwise. But, yeah, I mean, I'm bated breath watching Josiah Gray take that kind of next step. And As you said, we'll talk to him here in a couple of minutes. And I'm still really bullish on him. I, I do think he's got the capacity to be – an all-star to be a really, really good pitcher in this league. And it's just that similar delivery, but a bunch of different looks. Let me move my camera to, to, to the right spot. So fastball here, you know, cutter here, slider here, curveball here, potential changeup. They can all look kind of pretty similar as you start to do pitch design, all breaking in different directions, different velocities, getting hitters off balance. So they don't know what's coming. So all of a sudden that fastball that's mid nineties starts to ride and play up a little bit. Um, I, I really do think there's some potential there. I, I I wish, to be frank with you, that this was less cutter offseason and more changeup. I do think that's kind of something that could be really special for him uh, or, or at least something to get him off, get hitters off of those other looks. But I'm really intrigued by Greg. Obviously, you know, Mackenzie Gore, the, the reputation precedes it. He's been fine this spring, just sort of getting through some things. I'm hoping that he kind of ramps up the intensity as we go, but just oozes talent. Uh, that guy. And then you already touched on it, Cavalli, just a heart-throwing right-hander who is almost like a closer of your um, at, at this point, but as a starting pitcher with just electric stuff. Uh, those three guys are exciting every fifth day. You're hoping they can answer the bell mid-20s to 30 times this year. All of a sudden, you know, those games have purpose, right? They, with all due respect, there's not a lot of purpose to, you know, a bullpen day with a bunch of with Erasmo Ramirez getting you through through two and two thirds innings, that's, that's not that much fun in terms of long term development for uh, for the Nats and for the organization and for you know for fans. What you want to be able to do is kind of squint and you look off with, through your looking glass into the future and opening day where Mackenzie Gore gets the ball, C.J. Abrams is a potential All Star, and Cabra Ruiz is the catcher. And, you know, they, they found some of these pieces and Luis Garcia has established himself and has taken a pitch or two uh, over the course of his first couple of seasons in the bigs. But you want to you want to squint and be able to say this group can compete with a Mets team, with the Phillies, uh, with the Braves and company. And that's what's exciting. You can't really do that when it's Victor, the veteran, you know, getting through three and two thirds and giving up nine runs. Yeah. Jim Hickey was quoted in a Washington Post for Luga store. I think it was last week suggesting that Gore is going to be on a bit of a restrictive limit of innings or starts 
you know, somewhere in the mid to upper 20s probably is reasonable. And I would think they would do the same thing with Cavalli. Both of those guys were shut down at the end of the year. So they're going to need to tap mm-hmm. into some organizational depth and get some starts from some of their other arms as well. Um, to the lineup for a moment, there's less excitement here for me in terms of future potential standouts. Uh, the big story is obviously going to be C.J. Abrams. You know, where are they going to hit him in the order over the course of the season? Does he take to a spot and really flourish? Um, can he have a year in a lineup without a ton of protection and a whole lot of quality big league options where he does make a leap? You know, I think it's really, really hard for a young guy sometimes offensively in a bad lineup on a bad team to kind of be the best version of themselves. And it's why I was hoping they would be a little bit more aggressive and going out and getting some some contributors offensively. Uh, obviously, the sale has not happened. It doesn't look like it's going to happen in the near future. And it has become a bit of a, a disaster in terms of you know trying to add and supplement this team with talent in the short term. Uh, they've made a few moves, though, right? So let's run through it. You know, Lane Thomas, their organizational player of the year last season, is back and, and will spend some of the time at the top of the order uh, playing in the outfield. Corey Dickerson, who they brought over, is a you know former really good offensive player who I actually like a lot. He's, he's the type of guy I like a lot for them, I'll say, not for a championship team or a first Good clarification, team. yeah. Uh, but, you know, as a guy who's going to have some good at-bats and I think come up with some big hits for them, Joey Manessis will be a – Ideally, they're thumper in the middle of the order and is the one guy on this team I would bet good money will hit 20-plus home runs this year. Uh, they bring in Jamer Candelario, the third baseman from Detroit, who we've seen um, have a lot of doubles and extra base hits at times over the last few seasons. He's going to hit 16, 17 home runs. Ruiz will catch Dominic Smith, who we recently had on our show, an interview we should play on the podcast here soon, was outstanding. Uh, he was told to expect to play just about every day. Might be some first base and some DH and some left field, but he's going to be in the lineup a lot. Um, and then you've, of course, got Abrams and and uh, whatever they decide to do in center field. Victor Robles, very likely. Luis Garcia will play second. You know, I would like to see more Alex Call early this season to see what he can do in center field. I'm over Victor Robles. You know, if he's going to play brilliant defense, that's fine. Um, but I, I am interested for this team that really isn't tied to anything where the expectations are so low in seeing if you could get more out of call offensively, I, I think he would give you a bunch more than Robles. And, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what the difference would be defensively. It'd probably be substantial, but that's what I want to look at here. Uh, he's a guy to keep an eye on in that outfield mix, but really if you're looking at, you know, building blocks that are going to be here and important to this team in a few years, it's CJ Abrams, K Barrett Ruiz, and there's frankly, you know, other than Luis Garcia, who I feel like now is a known commodity, there's not much else really as far no. as the offense and the lineup goes. No, not at this point. And, and that's not ideal. I, I wish, and listen, it's just circumstances, just where we are. I wish a couple of those guys down on the farm were, were a little bit closer to the ma- to major league level, um, just in terms of timing. Cause I, I'd love to see Robert Hassel, love to see uh, a James Wood, Elijah Green kind of mix in with this group, but that's not the time and place. I mean, they, they just, they aren't there yet. Maybe we see Hassel um, if, if he has a nice campaign, you know, maybe September or second half of this year, but to your point, it's right now some guys that you're maybe hoping to spin for assets to be Frank. And I, I don't mean to be flipping about that. I, I'm a hundred percent with you on two fronts. One, 
just being so over the Victor Robles thing. They're they're trying to make fetch happen. I, I've read that article about how he revamped his swing in the offseason and worked with this guy and that guy. He can't hit the ball hard. I, I don't know what else to say about that. Great defensive center fielder. That's adorable. That's awesome. Uh, maybe he goes and, 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 and helps somebody in that regard as a defensive replacement uh, or something like that. But you, you can't have him pinch run. I don't trust him to run the bases still, even, even at this stage. Little leaguers uh, have, have you know better headspace when it comes uh, to doing the right thing there. But in terms of call, that could be one of those fines, right? That could be one of those guys that nobody else really seemed to want. They give him a chance to play every day. Maybe you get something. Maybe you can spin him. Uh, I think of Dominic Smith in the same regard. I've always wondered what it would look like if he was an everyday player, um, you know, in rhythm with a number of at-bats. We don't have a great sample for that. He had a great 2020, but that's, you know, super shortened season. Um, you know, so this to me is kind of a less expensive version of what that Nelson Cruz plan was. Right. It didn't work out with Cruz. Just again, bad luck made a lot of sense on paper. You and I on the show, both I, I thought really liked it at the time. I don't want to speak for you, but I think we did going. You get the guy to hit, you know, 15, 20 home runs in the first half. You spin him for somebody's mid-level prospect to, you know, to a competitor. That's the right thing to do. Didn't work out because he couldn't hit his weight and was really struggling and it was and it was kind of bad. And they kind of were stuck with him for a couple of years. But that's the idea here with the Dickersons, with the Dom Smiths, with uh, some of these younger guys. You're trying to find something. You know, maybe they're part of uh, the, the the next wave here over the next couple of years. They're going to call who's still in his 20s. But, you know, to me, the future are the three guys you mentioned. And then dudes, we have to, you know, go to minor league baseball uh, stat windows to find how they're doing. I'm just looking at their projected lineup and rotation and even trying to kind of form the bullpen here. I think there's a really good chance that there's one player on this team that they drafted. One. One. And that's Cade Cavalli, right? Because yep. Lane Thomas was acquired via trade. They signed Dickerson in free agency. They claimed Joey Manessis, minor league free agency. Candelario, free agent. Kbert Ruiz acquired via the trade with Scherzer and Turner deal. Dominic Smith, free agency. C.J. Abrams, they acquired in the Soto deal. Robles and, and Garcia were amateur free agents out of the Dominican. So I guess you could say they're homegrown uh, if you wanted to clarify, but not drafted. Riley Adams trade with the Blue Jays at the deadline before uh, the Soto deal. Um, so two years ago, Ildemaro Vargas, who's going to be on their bench, a switch hitter, was a free agent from the Cubs. Alex Cole waivers from Cleveland. Stone Garrett free agent this past winter. In the rotation, you signed Corbin in free agency. You traded for Josiah Gray from the Dodgers. Trevor Williams, free agent. Mackenzie Gore, trade from the Padres. Gavali, obviously, the 22nd pick in the 20 draft. And then the bullpen, I'm thinking, is made up of Kyle Finnegan, free agent from Oakland. Carl Edwards, free agent from Chicago. Uh, Hunter Harvey was off waivers, former first-round pick by the Orioles. Victor Arano, free agent from Atlanta. Um Erasmo Ramirez, their pitcher of the year organizationally, believe it or not, last year. Free agent from Detroit. Paolo Espino, free agent from Milwaukee. Thad Ward, their Rule 5 pick uh, from Boston, who I'm excited about. And that might be the bullpen, right? Finnegan, yep. Edwards, Harvey, Ramirez, Espino, Ward, give or take an arm or two here. They do have a couple of homegrown arms I'm excited about, by the way. I know both of them had a really rough outing recently here in WBC um, kind of simulation game, but... Uh, Jose Ferrer, who I watched pitch in the Futures game last year, throws in the 90s, is a lefty, has a chance to be a good big leaguer. Matt Cronin, who they drafted, another lefty who's kind of quirky on the mound, has some do little to him. Um, both of those guys are going to pitch in the bullpen this year. 
one of whom was drafted. But isn't that crazy for this yes. this team we think of as like a you know really sharp organizational builder, and that's how they built their championship team, at least in part. I mean, the, the draft you're talking about one guy here. The, we've that's been a theme I think of uh, of doing the show with you, man. It has been how bare the cupboard really has been. Uh, in terms of their own homegrown, drafted, developed, international signing, whatever, you see the top guys, like the Juan Soto's rocket through your organization, change everything, and you go, man, they're really good at drafting and developing. Well, you look down, and there's, as you said, there's nobody. There's no one that they've, uh, you know, again, had come through the organization, develop, turn into an everyday major league contributor, and, and that's really been the glaring issue. It's why this window closed. It's why they've always had to kind of go outside the organization. It's why they've had to you know, you know, go to the McRib that is Gerardo Parra a, a million times over, you know, and, and that's really been the kind of the glaring weakness for an organization that does an awful lot right with a regime that does an awful lot right, Mike Rizzo and company. They've been really, really good, above reproach, in my opinion, having 10 years of high-level competitiveness with teams with far bigger budgets and money from cable television. But this has been the issue. This has been the glaring weakness and look no further than the major league roster for a rebuilding team. What it should look like, by the way, is nothing but guys that you're not nothing but close to it you know 15 16 17 guys that you're drafting and developing to go out there and lose 110 games you shouldn't have to go to other teams waivers uh just to just to get 500 at bats out of somebody right it should be your own guys you figure out who's going to be here and, and you kind of go from there it's it's not a good situation it's why they had to make some of the moves and trades that they did to restock the system and, and all but i think you know two or three of their you know top 15 prospects were not guys that they've found and drafted and developed. It's it's from other organizations who who did that work for them. The next ownership group that whenever, if and when, whenever they come in, that's got to be a central focus. The they, they are behind the eight ball in terms of you know all the, the the analytics and player development tools that other organizations are using because it's very cost effective to field major league rosters. It's not cost effective to pay a guy three hundred million bucks. It is to spend a couple million here and there on the most advanced. Sports medicine, rest recovery, you know, player analytical type things uh, to develop the next wave of big leaguers. They've been behind in that regard, quite frankly. That, to me, is the challenge of the next regime, and I wish they'd already started. Just looking at the system really quickly, because to your point, while they haven't drafted and developed as well as we'd like, they're now loaded based on largely the Soto trade, frankly. Yep. But a couple of the other things that have happened in the last calendar year, including um, going and getting a toolsy outfielder at the top of the draft board and Elijah Green. So depending on what site you look at, the rankings can vary. Uh, James Wood is is my highest ceiling prospect in the system. He's 6'7". He doesn't really have holes in the swing like, like a long-levered big guy typically does. Uh, Left-handed bat, having watched him in Fredericksburg last year, immensely long strides. I mean, it's, it's really unique, right? There are some unicorn-type vibes in terms of the size and how he moves. Um, it's boomer bust, you know, like most high schoolers drafted high are, but uh, he's going to be, I feel good about him being a really good big leaguer. Hassel's a little bit more, I would say, sure thing, lower ceiling. Disappointing second half last year after being traded to Washington in the minor leagues. Struggled to hit, didn't steal as much as he'd like. I talked to him about it, and he wants to be more aggressive on the base paths. Could be like a 280 hitter with 20 homers and 20 steals in the majors. Uh, he's further along than James Wood and Elijah Green are, obviously, having been drafted before them. Uh, expect him, as you said, maybe he gets to the big leagues for a cup of coffee this year, but will be a starter and a fixture as of next season at some point with the Nationals. 
Uh, Elijah Green, who had a triple in his uh, spring outing yesterday, going to be at rookie ball to start the year. I would guess James Wood for the majority of the first half will be at Wilmington. Elijah Green's going to be in Fredericksburg. So our local listeners in the D.C. area will be able to watch him a lot down 95 if they choose to. Uh, that Fredericksburg team could be loaded again this year. Cavalli will start in the show, still has prospect status. Brady House, after the back injury last year, still 19 years old. You know, he's going to be an important part of the future. You know, if, if they hit on him, and he's a really good third baseman who hits for power at the big league level, to go along with Wood and Elijah Green and Hassel in the outfield and C.J. Abrams at short, I mean, all of a sudden, that, that's the makings of a pretty exciting, really good team in a couple of years, ideally. Uh, can't wait to see Yarlin Susana, the, the six-foot-six-inch right-hander who I watched throw 103 at Fredericksburg last year, uh, early this season in the minors. I, I'd start him again in Fredericksburg and, and graduate him to Wilmington after he shows some dominance at the level. Uh, big year for Christian Vaccaro, who's coming over to the States out of rookie ball. He'll also be in Fredericksburg. Uh, was at the DSL last year, rookie, and then Fredericksburg early this year. We saw Jeremy De La Rosa have some good moments at spring training. Double-A, triple-A kind of season coming for him, probably. Uh, Jake Bennett, the lefty they drafted, Kate Cavalli's high school teammate out of Oklahoma, uh, six-foot-six-inch arm, who you know, should have a chance, I'd say, to move pretty decently uh, because he was a college arm, at least through the, the lower levels, up to A-plus, double-A at some point by the end of the year, ideally. And uh, a couple other names to watch this year in the system. Thad Ward's a Rule 5 pick, so he's going to be in the big leagues, but he'll pitch out of the pen. Jackson Rutledge throws the ball really hard and was dominant in a playoff start in Fredericksburg. I love that they're challenging him and moving him up to double A after he barely pitched at A+. And, uh, and TJ White, uh, last year as a 19-year-old repeating Fredericksburg, did some really good things. Not a great hit tool, but he's got some power. He can run. Hit about 260 last year and uh, hit 11 home runs as one of the youngest players at his level. Uh, he's enticing. And then lastly, Danny, our guy Cole Henry is yeah. back from – you know, we had him on the, the show last year chronicling a very serious thoracic outlet procedure where they removed a rib and and uh, he had made nine starts and pitched to a 170 RA, was having one of the best years in the minors. Uh, Cole Henry is going to be back pitching again, hopefully early this season after his procedure. I talked to him recently. He's feeling really good. So there are a lot of players in this system that are worth tracking this year, and we'll be doing it for you uh, constantly on Busting Loose Baseball. Quick note on, on Henry. That's a fascinating case, to be honest with you. Most of the guys that have had that TOS surgery have had a lot of wear and tear, a lot of mileage on their arms, bodies, big league innings, highly competitive innings, etc. Henry's obviously still only in his early 20s, I think 23 or 24 uh, this year. If he's able to kind of come back for that and have an impact and have a career, that would be a major, major development. There aren't a lot of guys that, that have been able to do that coming back from that surgery. So great dude, someone I am absolutely rooting for for all of them, obviously, they're nationals, but uh, maybe sort of a special uh, a verbal nod to uh, to Cole Henry. Hopefully he comes back and has a, a good semblance of a season as a building block for the future.